Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the show. This is the Tom Stevens Show and I am your host, Tom Stevens, coming at you live from Houston, Texas. I am a psychotherapist and I work with children, families, and all kinds of other people. And you know what? We decided to start a show that was just for you out there, either people who, I don't know, haven't gotten therapy, want to check out therapy, or, I don't know, just want to learn more about themselves. And you know what? Tonight we have an amazing, amazing guest. Dr. Kate Walker is going to be on the show. And she is a psychotherapist that specializes in infidelity. And so in order to do that, before I do, I wanted to bring on my co-host, Kelly Carney. Kelly, you there? I am here. Hey, hey. All right, you can hear me and I can hear you. That's all I needed right now. <laughs> Kelly, we have hit a new level at bringing infidelity to the public eye. Here we go. I mean, we're talking Tiger Woods, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know. Could we keep naming them? We're going to bring them all out. That's right. Because that is what's happening. Infidelity seems to be more popular than, I don't know. Uh, I, I, okay, let me tell you a small story. I, my wife handed me a present two days ago. And if there's anything that I could ever cheat on my wife on, this has got to be it. You know what she handed me? Chips. No, but no. gosh, you know me too well. <laughs> I've already been cheating for years on my wife with chips. It was a brand new, newly released Hostess Twinkie. Oh, okay. Well, that, I was close. I was food. I was food. They they are back. Believe it or not, the Twinkies disappeared. Uh, I had to go and search for other treats, and it was not easy because there is not much that can replace a Twinkie. Okay, and so. There are all kinds of different infidelity. Unfortunately, we're not going to talk about Twinkie infidelity tonight. We're going to talk about people infidelity. So I know it's a hot topic. You know, sometimes I think either we get a lot of calls or we get zero calls with this because I don't know if people really want to talk about this in public, right? Right. But we know it happens. So we are going to, I don't know, this is going to be an awesome show. I want to take the whole show myself. I've got a whole list of questions here and scenarios and topics. What When you think of infidelity, Kelly, what is the first, I don't know, first person or couple or what's the first thing that comes to your mind in the public eye? Oh, heavens, in the public eye, I really, you don't want to know, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm going from TLC and my children, but I'm thinking John and K plus eight. Is that horrible? Because that's my children's favorite show. We have it on Netflix all the time. And the reason I say that, Tom, is because I believe infidelity from my end is so much more hurtful when it's an emotional infidelity. And I believe that's kind of what happened there. I think that was more of a she wasn't giving him what he needed, so he sought it out somewhere else. It probably wasn't a physical infidelity. It was more of an emotional infidelity. And 
that's just kind of what's in my face at all times. So that was that's the the uh, what what did you call it the out there one that probably everybody know about that that's kind of what I see as infidelity in my house anyway. <laughs> my view in of the it. in the public eye, right? Yeah, yeah, in the public eye. Okay. That would be what John and Kate plus eight. You and I are on completely opposite spectrums. I can't wait until Kate Walker comes on tonight and has a comment about what we're saying because you know what pops in my head. Is, I mean, honestly, the very first thing that pops into my head when I think of infidelity is John F. Kennedy. What is that about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think Marilyn Monroe. I don't know. I'm thinking, like, of course I think of Tiger Woods and everything that went through the recent uh, public eye. But there are so many situations today that infidelity or cheating on a spouse becomes has become such a huge thing, and I've said it in my own office as a therapist, that it is the one thing that if anything's going to undo a marriage, that's what it is. You can have drinking, drugs, you can have, you know, somebody could spend their entire life savings as a couple. I don't know. There's a lot of things that could be done, I guess, in the acting out way or, or the addictive spectrum. But when there's infidelity and there's cheating, especially uh, sexually and especially, like you said, emotionally, it can undo a marriage quicker than you've ever imagined. And I'm sure, you know, you could, it's just like saying, do you know somebody who has cancer? You know, you could and I could and everybody probably who's listening knows somebody that this has happened to. Absolutely. And you know what else? I think also that a lot of us out there know somebody that it's happening to that they don't really know. Uh, you know, in other words, some of us know couples that this is happening, but the spouse doesn't know. Does yep. that make sense? Yes, and that's the saddest part, you know. That's the, you just, <sighs> unfortunately, you try not to judge, but, man, you sit back and you're like, oh, I just pray that it's not happening, but more than likely it is. Oh, so, Okay. If you have one main question for Kate tonight about infidelity, an expert who sees couples every day who are struggling with this, what would it be? My question have, would be would it, it would be would the percentage of success of going on with their marriage be from an emotional Infidelity or a physical infidelity? Basically, would marriages be able to get over an emotional one better than they would be able to get over a physical one, or vice versa? Mm -hmm. What's the what's the the I guess success rate would be a, a better word. Mm -hmm. I'm just you know curious. what I also because, wonder. I, I'm going to ask her that too because I think that's a great question, and it is. Uh -huh. You know, it. I've had a lot of couples who you know. When you're the spouse that this happens to, that's one of the main questions. Mm -hmm. Was it physical? Was it emotional? You know, sometimes it's both, but sometimes there are physical ones or there are really emotional ones that are relationships. I wonder who cheats more. I think we'd be surprised perception. by that. I think we'd be okay. surprised by that. I really believe it's women, unfortunately. Yeah. I do. Because men are so physical and women are so emotional, and it's so easy to get an emotional vibe from somebody when you're lacking it in your own marriage. Whereas a physical vibe, hey, you can get that anywhere, you know. Your sacker at the grocery store can give you a physical vibe, but are you going to take it that next step? Probably not. You know what I mean? Okay. But here's the question. Oh, Lord. That who feels more remorseful, generally speaking, after it gets exposed and they get caught? Is it the man or the woman? Ooh, I'd say the man. Really? I totally would. I totally would. Is that not crazy or what? <laughs> I think we're going to have to have Kelly on the, as a guest one night just to hear her ideas on life because she has some interesting opinions. <laughs> oh, heaven. No, thank you. <laughs> well, and, you know, also out there, there's the, you know, affairs that never get found out, Right. Totally. They happen. They happen, and, and the marriages go on. And, you know, I think of um, – what was that movie? The Horse Whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> and there was – Emotional. Like where she, that, wow. Hello. Kelly was All getting emotional. into that. 
I'm telling you. <laughs> that is the truth. So there are lots of good things that, that come out, and, and hopefully we're going to get some calls tonight and people that want to ask questions because I'm telling you, everybody out there, Kelly's going to give you the number in a second, but if you want to ask a question of a very knowledgeable and very cool and very well put together and very expensive therapist, Kate Walker is it. I only say that because I bring on the best on this show, and this is your chance to really ask one of the tops in our field at dealing with this a question or to give a comment uh, and find out for yourself whether or not, uh, you know, an affair is happening in your world, what to do after it, if you know somebody who's struggling with it but they don't want to get help, and that happens too. I've gotten emails from people who've said, hey, can I get the link to this show because I've got a friend and I really want to listen to this, and that happens too. So, you know, hopefully we'll get some calls of people that come in. So anything else, Kelly, before we rock and roll and I finish my Twinkie? Oh, heavens to best. You better not be eating a Twinkie right now. I, I wouldn't put it past you, though. I, but... I think our next step, Kelly, is going to be to put this thing on, like, Skype video so people can see us while we're talking. That'd be good. <laughs> I would hope that would be really bad. No, no, no. Okay, guys, if you want to call in with a question, and like Tom said, this is the best topic for men and women, to be honest with you. Please give us a call at 347-838-9737. And if you will have a question, um, for me, you don't necessarily have to be on air, but if you have a question, you can just hit the number one, and that cues me, and I can get on. And I can come on with your question if you're uncomfortable because this is a touchy subject. We totally understand that. Um, If you are listening um, via the Internet and you just don't even want to call in, you can tweet us at at Tom Stevens, L is in Larry, P is in Paul, C is in Cat, and Tom will get that and he will put your question on the air. Um, and Or you can check us out at our Facebook. We have a new Facebook page, and it's Tom Stevens Counseling, Consulting, and Motivational Speaking. So there are several ways to get a hold of us tonight. Yep, and we are – I'm actually going to put up a tweet right now. I'm going to see if anybody replies to it. But we are going to come on halfway through with our great friend, Mary Lehman, the Go Local Advertising, right? She is the one who has got our website hopping and current. Absolutely. Away from when Kelly first met me, y'all, one of the first things she said was, your website is lame. It's time <laughs> to get current. Lame. And so <laughs> she introduced me to Mary, and Mary has just revamped our website, and they're a great place if you have a small business and you want to get a website or marketing or social media, boom. There you go. Kelly Carney has all the connections. So if you really want to know something, give her a call. She's got it. Okay. Is that it? I think, well, we're going to talk about our upcoming shows. We have some good stuff coming up. Oh, yes, but we don't have exact dates on all of them yet. But no, we got but that's them. okay. So Kelly, we got some good stuff. The procrastinator in me. I just won't commit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, good. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm kind of on the fence about it, but school is about to start. So we have some great school shows coming up. We have one on bullying. Um, for your kids, I think it's going to be really, really good. We have one on private school versus public school, and amazing. I think you have some um, teenage guests coming on to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very excited about that. We just have a great lineup coming up, um, uh, adoption versus uh, – or not adoption. This versus, Thursday. Ad- oh, yes, adoption and uh, foster care. So that's going to be really exciting. We have a guest coming up on that one, so – some really good topics coming up. And, again, if you guys have something you want to hear about, tweet us, Facebook us, um, call us. Um, you can do whatever you want to let us know what topic you want to hear about. Mm-hmm. That is the good part. And you know what? We have a great network of people who are really good at what they do, and we can bring them on. And it's a chance, I've always said, from day one when we started this in January, to get people help, advice, and information that they wouldn't get, you know, by coming in. A lot of people don't come into a therapist, can't afford it, don't have the time, aren't sure about it, are nervous about it, and this gives us a chance to do that. So, Kelly, you go take care of those calls. Hopefully we get some, bring them in, and I will see you shortly. Absolutely. I'm ready to listen. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Okay. It is time, y'all, to bring on our special guest, and we're not going to have enough time for her tonight, I know, 
because she's got a lot of great stuff to say, and uh, I've got a lot of great questions for her. But Kate Walker is the owner of AchieveBalance.org and also Nonprofit Counseling Center, Anne's Place. I consider her a friend of mine, a mentor. She has taught me a lot. She is really fun to hang with. She's a musician also. Uh, I'm going to let her do some of her announcing of herself, but if you go to her website at AchieveBalance.org, you can see an entire description of her. She's a licensed professional counselor supervisor, licensed marriage and family therapist supervisor. She's trained as a marriage and family expert. She works especially with people struggling with addiction and infidelity. And you know what? She has just got a lot of knowledge. To say she's an overachiever would be an understatement, right? So I'm going to go ahead and bring her on right now and see if she can wow y'all like she's wowed me the time that I've known her. And she is just um, she's just a really good resource to have when it comes to to this. Kate, are you there? I am trying to get her on, and somehow it's just not coming on. Kelly, are you there? I've lost both of my people tonight. So probably what's going to have to happen is Kate's going to have to call back into the show and get back on. But here's what I'm going to do in the meantime. I'm going to cover the top things that I researched about infidelity and see what people out there think. Okay? First of all, the first fact that I read up on was that most men are still in love with their wives even when they cheat. I would love to hear callers tonight that would just even call in and weigh in on whether or not that's true. Like, do most men still love their wives even when they cheat or not? Because, you know, this survey says, yeah, even though they love their wives, they still cheat. I kind of don't like that one, to tell you the truth, y'all. The second thing I was thinking of was, uh, or read up on, was that men usually cheat with women they know. Now, this is pretty disturbing, right? Because this can create some kinds of problems. Men usually cheat with women they know. And, and that's the other thing that kind of upset me about this. There's a lot of comments about men. Like men are the ones who are doing the cheating. So I, I have to think that it's either even or it could be swayed the other way a little bit. And the other thing that I would have for Kate when we get her on is whether or not people uh, cheat with married people more or if there's infidelity mostly with people that are not married. And, Kate, if you're swirling around out there, go ahead and hang up and then call back in, and that will help me get you on the show because obviously people didn't call in or tune in to listen to me talk about this, but I'm going to do my best in the meantime. Fact number three, men cheat to save their marriages. Men cheat to save their marriages. Now, that's a wild comment, is it not? Men cheat to save their marriages. Like, I could see them using that as an excuse, but I can't see that as uh, a reality. Kate, are you there? Kelly, are you there? Hello? Kate. Hey, Tom. You're there. I'm here. So glad I've been sweating this out all by myself. <laughs> no, nope, I'm here. You know what happened? I, somehow on my board, my calling board, where all these numbers are up for people that are listening right now, your thing when I went to click you on the air just started swirling like that dreaded swirl, and I don't know where you disappeared to, and you're still swirling, but you're on the air, and that's what matters. <laughs> Well, it, it sounds like a fabulous show, Tom. This sounds like a, a great topic. and Well, you know I love the topic, but uh, it just you, sounds like a great show. Kate, this topic is all you. We did not make this topic without me thinking of you first. But before I get into any of that good stuff, tell everybody just uh, who you are, what your background is, where you come from, and I'll get into the, the infidelity stuff in a little bit, but just so they know who you are and what you do. Okay. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I own AchieveBalance.org and Anne's Place, and we're located in the Woodlands, Texas, just about, I guess, about 40 miles north of Houston. And, uh, gosh, I decided I wanted to be a counselor in about 1998, and originally 
Uh, I was a musician. Well, I still am a musician, but I graduated from UT uh, with a major in double bass, and I taught orchestra for 13 years. And then I decided, uh, well, I wanted to do more. I wanted to get more involved uh, in helping my kids and helping the families. And so I went back to Sam Houston State University, got my master's in counseling in 2000, and then uh, wanted to take a little bit further and finished uh, in 2007 with my Ph.D. in counselor education. Wow. And so, okay, if that happens, because you are, you know, achieve balance, in a way I could probably say with all you've done, it's overachieve balance because <laughs> you are – yeah, like you're doing all kinds of things, and you. What's weird about Kate, if any of y'all meet her, is she's amazingly endearing, and she's just like, "Hey, what's going on?" Laid back. I know she's got a million things going at once, but you can go sit down with her, talk to her, and it's like you are the only one there. And that's not always <laughs> the case with therapists, Kate. You know that, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? This whole thing about achieving balance. I had a, a method to my madness. Um, I got into this business because I had a troubled kid, and my whole goal was to be able to have a, a life where I had the information I needed to help him, but also have a flexible schedule to to be with my family. Because I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and uh, you know it's always family first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so infidelity. Let's just get right to it. How in the yeah. world does somebody pick infidelity? I mean, that is. You know, that's all. Oh, I don't even want to go there. But how does anybody pick infidelity? You talk about the most intense, like, conflict-oriented, stressful, emotional topic when it comes to therapy. A lot of therapists just kind of don't even want anything to do with it, right? Yeah, I agree with you. You know, the thing is, though, Tom, I've got the hardest working clients in uh, anywhere. You know, when I discovered uh, the couples that would come in fighting for their marriage and, uh, you know, just the the passion. I mean, it's all on the line. They're coming in and this is it. You know, I'm usually the, that last box they're going to check before they go to the lawyer. And I really saw some amazing people and I thought, you know what, I want to know more about this. And uh, this is, this. It, it's incredible. And it changed my life. I, I absolutely love my job. And uh, people most of the time, and they like I was trying to research for the show, and you know when I picked up infidelity and googled it, the weirdest part, Kate, was that you know number one, there's all kinds of inappropriate things that pop up. There are websites that pop up, and <laughs> it's like it's actually an advertisement for it instead of you know talking about what to do with it. You must see that because you probably have to stay pretty current with what's going on today. I mean, infidelity today, I'm guessing, is different than, say, infidelity 15, 20 years ago. You know what? And I know it is because of technology. And, of course, technology affords so much anonymity and compulsivity, right? You know, because there Mm -hmm. are, uh, you know, with the texting and the sexting and Facebook. And then uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was a Super Bowl ad. And I'm not even going to say the name of the website because I don't want them to get advertising. Um, but it was a, a website advertising uh, hookups, you know, advertising infidelity. And so there's there's definitely a lot, uh, there are more ways, I believe, now to accomplish things. Uh, if you want to cheat, there are, you know, a thousand ways to do it. Um, but I think this is a lot like the world's oldest profession. You know, if mm-hmm. if folks want to cheat, they're going to cheat. And, you know, like you and uh Kelly were talking about earlier, um, they're all different kinds of infidelity. And so, uh, for instance, financial infidelity is quickly overtaking, you know, sexual infidelity, emotional infidelity is one of the leading uh, causes of divorce right now. Um, So we have all kinds of things that that couples and spouses interpret as a betrayal. And that's really what this is about. That's a great question. So you talk about different kinds of infidelities, but is there a rank? Like Kelly and I said, she mm-hmm. was saying the emotional infidelity, and I was saying that at least from clients I've seen, you know, affairs, especially when they are either strongly sexual or strongly emotional and personal, seem to be what I've noticed. I'm not an expert in it, but the most devastating compared to a drug addict or an alcoholic or, like you said, somebody who spends away there. Do you see a ranking or do you see them all the same? 
Well, and I want to make sure, you know, there are a couple of things. So with ranking, you know, what we know is, you know, the one-night stand is actually the least detrimental to a marriage. You know, when you have emotion and sex, you know, then we're moving up the rank. And then, of course, we add time to that. So emotion and sex over time or even emotion over time then now we've got something that's very difficult to recover from. But, you know, what you really, uh, what we found from the research is this idea of, you know, revelation versus disclosure. You know, when we're looking at the prognosis for uh, recovery, first thing I want to know is, okay, how did the spouse find out? Uh, mm-hmm. did, uh, did you tell her or did she find out? Because if she found out, uh, the prognosis is it's a little bit dicey. It's not dicey, but it's going to be a little bit of a longer road because it really is going to be one of those things that's going to heighten her sense of, okay, i got to keep digging. i got to keep looking because if I found this, I'm going to find something else. So mm. really we're looking at the disclosure versus, okay, the guy, or I'm sorry, the female, just the betrayer. If they came forward with the information, it's a lot better. Okay. So is it – I'm going to pretty much take over this show because all these questions <laughs> pop up. Is it better <laughs> for somebody to bring it out in the open? Because I've seen couples who have – somebody's admitted an affair. I've seen couples where they've been caught in an affair, and I've seen couples who actually there have been an affair and nothing was ever said. Like it, life just went on and, and the person uh-huh. never knew their spouse cheated. Is it better to just, when it's happened, say it, get it out in the open? Or are there times, like some people have rationalized, you know what, it's better that it's just the way it is and we just move on with life. It's not happening anymore. It's over. Well, see, then you got to define what better is, Tom, right? So um, <laughs> you got to think of the affair as, as it's, it's horrible, it's embarrassing, it's visual, it's tragic, it's all these things, but it's just the visible symptom, right? Mm-hmm. And so I tell couples all the time, you know, I don't save marriages, you do. So, you know, just coming here to my office isn't going to do it, right? You, I'm sure you tell your couples the same thing. You know, they're coming to me uh, to make a better marriage because what's done is done, mm-hmm. Right. And so they're coming in, they're going to work to make a better marriage. Um, I don't know. My answer, I don't know if I'm answering the question very well. Um, okay, why do people, this is what a lot of spouses I think would ask, is why do people, how can anybody think it's okay to cheat like that? Gotcha. I guess okay. I'm taking the spouse's point of view. Like, you know, you've got to get couples in your office where one's bashing the other, the other one's trying to hold up the armor and get keep from getting demolished and yeah. or making excuses for it. So why would somebody do this? Why would somebody cheat? Gosh, you know, that's always the, that's the question. And, I, you know, I guess it would be, you know, if, uh, Tom, if, if you and I and Kelly are all, you know, if we're all kind of out and about and, you know, we look at each other and we say, man, we're really hungry. And uh, so Kelly and I, you know, we might look at each other and go, well, you know what, I don't have any money. Do you have any money? And Kelly would say no. And so we're thinking, okay, well, let's go let's go get a job or we're going to go panhandle over here. And then, But you look at us and you say, you know what, I'm going to go rob a bank. So here we go. We've got three people. They're feeling the same need. And two mm-hmm. of them decide to fix that need one way. And then we've got a third person that's going to do something outside of their character outside of their code of conduct, outside of their value system. And so that compulsivity is what makes this so, uh, it's so tragic and it's so confusing. And that's, uh, it is something completely out of character for most people. Now, I know, you know, that we have sex addiction, we have some other things going on. uh, But in, in general, just as a broad statement, when someone has an affair, it shocks them too. And so it's it's not necessarily something that, okay, if you do X, Y, and Z, that's going to prevent you from ever having an affair. The fact mm-hmm. is, if you've used it as a coping skill, then you kind of have to be retaught not to use that as a coping skill anymore. Mm. That's kind of what I wondered, though, the difference between having an affair and and actually addiction, because there is a difference, right? I mean, is or is it all the same? If somebody has an affair, an addict, or no? 
Well, there's definitely an element of addictive thinking, right? So you think of an addiction, uh, it's really less about the substance and more about like blaming, justifying, and minimizing, right? And so even if I, let's say I'm an alcoholic, if I haven't had a drink in six weeks and I'm so proud of myself that I haven't had a drink, if I'm still blaming, justifying, and minimizing my behavior, then I'm still an addict in my mind. I'm still acting like an addict. Sometimes we call that a dry drunk. And so if I'm a cheating spouse um, and I sort of have this attitude of pride or, you know what, I'm not going to, uh, talk to my spouse about it. And you know what? Uh, my, he just needs to get over it. He just needs to move on. And, you know, we can't move on unless he gets, you know, that's real addict thinking. And what that does is it makes, I'm not going to own my problem. I'm going to make it my spouse's problem. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it, it's there are real similarities to addictive thinking. So spouse comes in, or I should say a couple comes in to you, and there's been an yeah. affair. Is there a huge difference, kind of like a cancer, let's say, the earlier people get in, or is it is it just as potent whether it's the day after or a year after? You know, I'm not really sure. That's a really great question. Um, like I said, mainly I attend to when it or how it was found out. Um, you know, you asked me earlier, is it better to keep it a secret? Is it better to reveal? You know, as a rule, we found that if you reveal, the prognosis is better. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, that's really what I'm listening for. You know, okay, when did you find out? How did you find out? And then I can really give them, uh, or I'll have some idea about where they stand and how hard this is going to be. So how likely are people to cheat again then? How many are there out there that are serial Cheaters versus somebody who literally just does it one time and are, I mean, there are people, I'm assuming, right, that that would actually cheat and, uh, you know, have it just be devastating to their life and stop and never do it again. And and I've seen couples or I've seen people that have, have had affairs in their marriage and totally changed their lives and become amazing people. And sometimes the spouse has a hard time getting over it. So are people destined to do it again and again or no? No, no, I don't think so at all. Um, you know, I, I'm just like you. You know, sometimes I get those couples, and, I, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it shocks the heck out of me because you listen to them, and they have this what appears to be an ideal marriage. There seems to be a lot of respect. And for some reason, one of the spouses decided to get their needs met outside the marriage inappropriately. Um it, and I don't, you know, and we don't know why, and they want to come back in the marriage. They want to fix things, and it's really, you know, that's when I've got these two hardworking spouses. Um, but sometimes, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure you've seen this too, you've got to ask the couple, well, how did you define the relationship when you first got married? You know, if I've got somebody sitting in front of me and they've been married for 20 years, but 19 of those, uh, there's been infidelity, and the spouse is kind of suspected. You know, what I'm really looking at is a marriage that's defined itself as having three people in it, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a level of acceptability of sort of this, well, I don't know what they're doing, or we kind of have parallel lives, or, you know, I kind of do my thing, he does his thing. That's really how a couple defines their marriage from day one. Um, and so then it's really tricky because what they're really wanting to do is kind of uh, renegotiate the bargain, and I can help with that. But you know, I try to be real clear. It's it's kind of like getting married again. Oh gosh! And so, when somebody cheats, if they do it again, let's say a second time, mm-hmm. it, it, how many times before, you know, like it, it just needs to be called quits, or I mean, the second, the third time, is there? Is it kind of like the recidivism? Recidiv- Vism rate or whatever gets worse as I mean, does it get worse as time goes on? In other words, the chance of getting better gets worse as time goes on if there's more cheating. Yeah, I think so. You know, I really do because once you you've opened that door to that as a coping skill, um, you know, you 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 put it in your tool belt, and uh, you know the spouse that was betrayed, and it's so funny, Tom, in the literature and funny, I guess funny, haha, 
there's no good word for either party. You know, we've got the word paramour, we've got, you know, cuckoldery, we've got all these odd words, but, you know, usually I just talk about the betrayed and the betrayer. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you look at the spouse that was betrayed, and I've got to tell him, look, there was nothing that you did that caused this affair. Uh, your spouse had choices, right? They could have phoned a friend, they could have called a priest, they could have called a lawyer, they could have brought you to counseling, but instead they chose to have an affair. So you didn't cause it. That means you can't prevent it. You know, if your wow. spouse, if she's going to choose to cheat again, there's nothing you can do about that. All right. So, so, Kate, yeah, I've got a caller. I want to get a question in here. And okay. Jim is out there, so I'm going to let Jim ask his question and then see what, what we can do with it. Jim, you there? Great. Hey, Tom. Hey, Kate. How are you guys? I'm good. Good. Well, Go for it, Jim. Tommy, you always like to go back to, to movies and TV shows. So I can remember growing up a kid, the uh, TV show 30-something. Yeah. I don't know. And, man, I just remember growing up saying I never want to hit my 30s because it was always cancer and, you know, people dying. And then there was always that, you know, betrayal or infidelity aspect to it. So I guess, but I always remember seeing the friends kind of in the middle. You know, you have these close friends, but they're doing these things, you know, that they know are wrong. So how, as a friend, and, you know, I'm having, we're going going through that right now, having some friends and, you know, they're they're cheating on each other, but, but how do you approach that? How do you deal with that coming from a standpoint that, you know, our kids are growing up and you don't want to choose sides, but you don't want to necessarily say what you did was right or wrong, but you just want to be there, but not really at the end of the day change the whole dynamics or is that even possible do you just do you just start cutting ties wow that's a great question and you know it's like most great questions there's just not an easy answer um the the what i usually hold up though as an example is you know how would you treat anybody that was doing something that you didn't believe was right you know, obviously there are lots of stages, right? You'd want to be their friend. Uh, but then you might have to move to a place where you need to set some boundaries. Because the fact is you're being drawn in to this this collusion, right, this lie. And that's what an affair is. It's It's just this 24-7 lie. And so that will start to mess with your head, right? Because now you've got to start thinking, oh, my gosh, did he tell me this in front of her or did she already know this or did we talk about this in a group? And so at that point, you know, when it starts to affect you, right, I'm not even thinking of the couple who's having the affairs at this point. I'm thinking about you. When it starts to affect you, I think that's a great place to draw a boundary. And maybe when the couple sees that they've lost that support, they might then turn to professional help or at least turn to each other. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, so, Joe? Well, just continuing to, to go through, I mean, it, it's you just kind of mentioned the, the find the relationship at that point. It, it's it's okay to sit down, whether it's it's as, you know, uh, you know, two couples or however many people need to be involved and just kind of relay uh, that friendship out, or this is what how we're going to support you, or this is we're going to be here for you. But you know, your first call should be or needs to be to you know somebody who's trained or professional. Is, I like that sounds that, great. I think that sounds like a great response. Okay. Okay. I, I'm I'm just uh, you know amazed, Tom. Some of the uh, the uh, statistics you were giving at the uh, beginning of the show just kind of you know it. it, it it floors you a little bit. You don't necessarily know until, you know, like I said, you start seeing your friends going through these issues and you're like, wow, it's, it's, it's more real than just the, uh, the TV shows or, or just the, uh, the movies. It's, it's, it's every day in front of you. So. Yeah. But there's still some really good marriages out there. And even the marriages that are going through this, you know, when I see them come out the end of the, you know, come out the other side, and I know Tom sees the same thing, the best compliment I ever had from a couple was, you know, we wouldn't wish this on anybody, but it was the best thing to happen that happened to our marriage, you know, because they really had to take a look at what they wanted. And they started, they raised the bar. They raised the bar for themselves and for their, for their marriage. Wow, wow. 
Those are amazing words to hear. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. And you, uh, you guys, uh, keep doing what you're doing, and um, you know, keep keep uh, people moving uh, forward. Well, thank you. Thank you. Y'all have a good evening. You too. Thanks so much for calling in. We have another caller on the line. Mary, I think, has a question. Mary, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Um, I do here. have a question. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. Um, I do have a question because I'm always, I'm always thinking about the kids, and I've got three young kids, and if, you know, my question to you is what what's appropriate or, or how do you talk Tell your the the spouses to tell the kids like what how much do they need to know, you know what what it what do they they know you're fighting so how much do they need to know I guess would be my question. Uh, another really really good question and another really complex question. So I'm going to give a couple of answers. Okay, um, I had a really wise person once tell me you know. What the information you give your kids is kind of like a luggage that you would carry onto a train, right? You're not going to hand your kid a steamer trunk and say, here, now you're responsible for this information for the rest of your life. Have fun. Carry that. Mm-hmm. Um, so de- it's it's developmentally appropriate, right? You know, you're going to look and say, okay, this is very much need-to-know information, not have-to-know. Um, so, you know, now, the other side of that, you know, I've had situations where the affair has happened within the community and within a circle of friends, and these kids were going to find out from each other. And um, the really horrendous thing about an affair is the ripple effect. You know, it's like driving a speedboat. You're looking in front of you at this glass still lake, and then if you ever bother to look behind you, you see that the, the water is just in turmoil and the waves are rolling up onto the shore. And one of the ripple effects, of course, is you don't know how this is going to affect your family, your family's friends, your kids, your kids' friends, their school, their teachers, their community, their circle. Um, And so it's always unpredictable the kind of measures a family has to take to just preserve the truth, you know, to make sure uh, that the family itself uh, has a truth that they can all live with. And so telling kids about an affair, uh, it has to be the absolute last resort. It it would have to be, I would think, just, you know, when all else, um, there's just nothing else that the family can do, that the child is going to just find out in some awful, horrendous way, and so it needs to come from the parents. Right, and then yeah, I mean, they, um, you know, as kids get older and they can get more information, I, I mean, do you suggest them ever telling their kids? You know, that's something, and, and we all, and I've got to tell you, you know, a lot of folks make, and, and I'm not going to minimize it, but, you know, I'm thinking, okay, there's the affair. Well, what about that time that, uh, you know, as a couple, maybe uh, you guys stole a beer from Walmart. Or what about that time that you tried this crazy sexual position? You know, there are lots of things that we don't tell our kids. Right. Right? And so, you know, unless you're going to be a parent that someday you're going to roll out every minute detail of your intimate life with your spouse, and this is just kind of part of it, you know, I would say this is one of those things that, that doesn't have to be told unless you've got a darn good reason. Mm. That makes sense. Wow. Okay, Mary, are you there? I'm here. I have to at least give you kudos. I always do on this show for setting everything up for us, the website, all of that stuff. Mary actually, everybody, from Go Local Advertising, sets it up on our website so you can go right into TomStevens.us, click on the show after it's happened, right? She's got the most current shows, and when you want to hear this one tomorrow or you want to hear Kate's, words of wisdom tomorrow you can click on it and do it so mary tell people how to get a hold of you in case they want to uh, have your services the way that i do okay great um my my website is golocaladvertising.com and of course we're always expanding and doing new great things and so i'm working on another website um for our entire line of um cool stuff that we do for small businesses so we're including 
print now so we can do business cards and brochures and um, to go along so it all fits the same look of the website and um, Facebook and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's what we've been up to lately. Mary, you don't stop. Between you and Kate, I don't know how much work y'all get done in this world, but clearly you're compensating for all of us underachieving males in the world. I appreciate that. Sure. Thanks. Thank you. Mary, thanks for being on the show. We'll see you soon. Okay. Talk to you later, Tom. Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay, Kate, here's my question. Okay. There is a show on 104 KRBE radio called Rula and Ryan's Roses. You've heard of it. So it is a show, for those who aren't familiar with it, and like I say, I don't know if I want to advertise it or not, but it is a show basically where people who are concerned, their spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever is cheating on them, they have the radio show, call the spouse, and pretend that they're giving roses away for free and say all we need is your information about who you want to send it to and the note that you would give them. And then they wait and see if the person says their spouse or significant other or if they say a secretary or some other lady they're actually cheating with. And then there's this big bust up. And when I've always complained why they don't have a therapist on board like Kate to handle the calls after they happen because these people are left in a mess. They're getting caught in affairs right on the radio in front of everybody. Is this stuff, do I dare ask, even helpful? Oh, no. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, there are so many things now, um, and it's all, you know, it's it's all about that's vindictiveness, that's revenge. And, you know, when, when anybody engages in revenge, that doesn't help them. You know, that doesn't help the betrayed spouse. You know, mm-hmm. nobody feels better. Nobody's resolved. And it's certainly, yeah. I don't think it's entertaining. And, uh yeah, no, I don't think it's helpful. Oh, should we just leave it at that? Yeah. <laughs> I no, don't because no. <laughs> part of what, and, and for anybody else who wants to call in, now is your chance. I know there are people out there, 347-838-9737. Push one when you come on. If you push the one button, you'll get put in our queue, and we will see you and get you on. But, Kate, it's like shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I just wonder mm-hmm. how much of our world feeds you know, that notion of, you know, we can test out things. We can try what we want. And are we actually making, not making excuses, but offering things out there, especially for younger people and for teenagers, Mm -hmm. then make it okay to do this? Well, I think, you know, I read something, I guess it was a few months ago, that this is the first generation where they are, uh, girls are responding to surveys that they are not emotionally involved when they hook up. You know, and I'm making the little quote signs with my fingers, right? A hookup is a casual sexual encounter. And so, you know, I think it's always a possibility that, that as a society we're starting to get desensitized to consequences because, you know, on TV nobody ever seems to have any uh, or they're wrapped up quickly. And, you know, like even on the that radio show you mentioned, they just kind of leave everything hanging and nobody really gets to see the devastation. I mean, was somebody suicidal after that? Did somebody grab the kids and, and leave? I mean, you know, we just don't get to see the whole story. And so when folks try this stuff, it's almost like, you know, watching a, a young person try something the first time. You know, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to hit the boundary. And I think that's really what we're doing is we're helping these couples. We say, okay. You did this. This happened. Now, we're going to go through the consequences together. And that's really what you're doing is you're helping them form a team, not to make the consequences go away, but so that they can weather the consequences as a team. Okay. So Kelly couldn't wait any longer, my assistant, and she has got (laughs) to ask you a question. Kelly, do it. Okay. My question is, Like I said before, I believe that emotional infidelity is worse than physical sometimes, and I think you've kind of said that one-night stands are the the easiest to get over. But for women out there that are are kind of sitting back and listening and and thinking, okay, is my spouse, or men out there that are sitting back and saying, is my spouse cheating, what are the signs that they should look for to maybe catch it before it goes to that place? or of, of either 
physical or emotional? What, what are the signs can they look for? Because there is a lot of things that I believe that they can stop and kind of look at themselves. Like I said, men go somewhere because they're not getting something. Mm -hmm. Women go somewhere because they're not getting something. So what are those signs that they can look for? Well, first I want to make it real clear that, you know, people don't have affairs because they're not getting something, okay? People have affairs because they're choosing that. You know, it's like I Mm -hmm. said, we can all be in a room and we're all starving to death, right, but only one of us is going to choose to rob a bank, so even the spouse that, you know, hasn't had sex in, you know, a year or the their communication's completely broken down, that's not a formula for an affair. That's just a formula for an unhappy marriage. And so when you're looking at affair behavior, you know, the number one thing to look for is, you know, keeping secrets. You know, uh, it's debatable, but... You know, I tend to think that in a marriage, there really is no right to privacy. Now, each spouse might, might offer. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Kate. <laughs> well, and, and that right, you know, if, you're, if you have a spouse that's fighting for their right to privacy, uh, you know, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not talking about, you know, if, if – you know, if your spouse is a spy or something and they're keeping national secrets or something. I mean, and there's always going to be an exception. So this is very broad. So take it, make sure you take it that way. Um, so keeping secrets, um, any kind of, of uh, behavior where, um, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, maybe there's something new. It's kind of like when, you, when you're a teenager, if they're, if they're coming home with new behaviors or new moods and you're thinking, wow, where does that come from? Uh, you know, it's a good idea to think, well, maybe, you know, they've they've got a friend who's introduced them to drugs. You know, so something new in your marriage that's just really out of character, maybe the way they talk to you. It could be something new sexually. It could be something new, just kind of a, a, a behavior they're bringing out. And, again, very broad statement. So not everything new is bad. Um, but really, Kelly, I think the most important thing to look at, and this is across the board, uh, is a marriage where the two people, two spouses have become disconnected and they're okay with it. So in other words, they've both found ways to cope with their disconnectedness uh, and the ways don't include each other. And here's right? what I and, think, Kate. I mean, yeah. gosh, with five, we've got just not enough time. There's five minutes left. Here's what I see a lot of times. I'll see a spouse. Uh, their husband or wife has cheated on them. And that person many times uh, ends up carrying, the, I don't know, the burden, the weight, the pain. I don't know if they feel responsible. I don't know if they feel devastated. You know, it, it's a humiliating thing. And mm-hmm. is there anything to say or do to help people? Because I always say it is absolutely 100% not your fault that this spouse has chosen mm-hmm. to do this in your world. You have got to know that you are a part right. of y'all's relationship and how it broke down prior to that, but is there anything to say to them to show people whose spouses have cheated that it is not your fault? Gosh, uh, other than just repeating it over and over and over again and just hope that they read books and are in a community that supports that view, you know, because society doesn't tell them that, right? Society says, you know what, you weren't pretty enough, you weren't handsome enough, you weren't sexy enough, you weren't... Uh, you know, it's all about self-worth. Um, so really, I think that's our job as therapists. It's just to continue to tell them it's not their fault. Their spouse made a bad choice. Well, and that's uh, what I was going to say, Kate, for them to get help. I mean, when they look for a professional like yourself, mm-hmm. th- that is critical, I think, for somebody who has, there's been an affair in their family or in their relationship and their spouse has cheated on them, the first thing I would want them to do is get help. It, it, you can call friends all you want, but if you don't get professional advice of how to walk through it, the stages of grief, of trauma, of loss, yeah. of adjustment in your world, don't you think, I mean, that to, to contact somebody, especially somebody in your area that specializes Absolutely. in it, to hear Absolutely. what they're going through is normal and this is what it's going to be like. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a little shameless plug here. On my website, AchieveBalance.org, you can actually click. We have an icon called Free Resources. And we're real excited because we're adding videos 
And the first video that we've put up is how to help your wife survive your affair. And uh, I'm just basically talk through uh, some some of the stages, what's going on. I help the husband with a blueprint just uh, so that he can uh, have an idea of what comes next, helpful things, not so helpful things. But really, most importantly, what you're talking about, Tom, and that is what the wife is going through. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, this video is for husbands. My next video is going to be for wives helping their husbands survive their the wife's affair. But really helping them understand this is this is like getting stabbed in the side. You know, this is a this is just they're bleeding out, this is PTSD, this is trauma, this is real pain. And uh helping them not to minimize that. And I think I can already tell, at least from my I've still got several more questions, stance. We're gonna have to do a part two of this and I pray <laughs> that you are available to do a part two because there are a lot of questions, Kate, just about how to you know, you take both sides. I, the last question that popped in my head here that I'm not going to ask you to answer because it's, it's too much. i got to get to your, your shameless plugging. <laughs> we, what happens, you know, at what point can you read as a professional or as a spouse that if somebody comes in your office and they've cheated on their spouse and they are defending, denying, accusing, not taking responsibility for it, at what point is it like you kind of give warning signs to a spouse that, hey, uh, I'm not sure this is done yet. There might be more of this. But I don't want you to answer that because I want you to tell about what you do. Y'all, if there's any place to go for resources, it is AchieveBalance.org. I am amazed at her website, and I'm amazed at how much information you have there, Kate. Just tell them. It is AchieveBalance.org, but you've also got Anne's place. And tell them the scope of the work that you do, not just the infidelity stuff. Well, thank you for for shamelessly plugging for me. And Facebook Um, or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> well, AchieveBalance.org, we have uh, several therapists available to help, but the, one of the things I'm most proud of is the big orange button on the homepage that says click here to schedule a 10-minute consultation because wow. I can talk to anybody that pushes that orange button if there's a slot open, and you can talk to the other therapists as well because what we really want to do at Achieve Balance is get you connected to resources. I mean, of course, we'd love it if you come to see us, and that's, you know, that's amazing, and and we feel like we could help. Uh, But that's one of the other reasons, uh, one of the reasons we have Anne's Place. Uh, Anne's Place is our training department, and it's staffed by our resident interns. And residents, uh, it's kind of like physicians, they have to serve a residency. Uh, So do therapists. And so the therapist residents, are working on their hours toward licensure, and so they're able to offer their services at a reduced rate. But they're fabulous therapists. They're all marriage and family experts. That's their focus in school. And so their cases, uh, you know, each one of their cases, uh, they have to bring to us for a case consultation twice a week. So we're really trying to help the community on every front. You know, we want to get them help quick, we want to get them in, and then, of course, we want to get them back to their life. Oh, did you all hear that? There is an orange button on Kate's website (laughs) that's free. You can talk for 10 minutes to her for free. I'm telling you, if you talk really fast, you can get a lot of information in. But just remember, when you all call her, try to spend very little time talking so she can talk to you because that's where the real wisdom (laughs) is going to come. A lot of people will spend nine minutes talking and be like, okay, go ahead, and you've got nothing to say. Well, we'll sign up for ten more. That's okay. (laughs) Kate, do you have a Facebook page or anything? I do, and I would love it if you'd go like my page. It's Dr. Kate Walker, Achieve Balance. Uh, I also have a Twitter page, and it is dr. K number eight, the letter D, and uh, go go check it, click it, like it, and uh, sign up for the newsletter. We've got a newsletter on our uh, on our AchieveBalance.org page, and uh, we'll send you a free gift. Uh, five I'm telling you, couple fight fair. Oh, okay. uh, my wife may be calling you in <laughs> for that one. I'm gonna. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Okay. Everybody, this is Dr. Kate Walker, an amazing professional at just everything that she does. Kate, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show, and I just hope you will be back on for part two really soon because I would like to do that before the end of the summer to give people a chance to ask their follow-up questions and to give me a chance to ask more. Can you do that? 
Oh, thank you so much, Tom. I'd love to. This is fun. You are the best. Everybody, that is Kate Walker. And, Kate, I've got to give you my signature round of applause. Thank you so much. Awesome you are the best. Uh, take care. I know I'll talk to you soon, but we will see you for part two real soon, okay? Excellent. All right. Thanks, Tom. Got it. Everybody, Kate Walker out of the Woodlands, Texas, AchieveBalance.org. I want to thank everybody for being on the air today, and we will see you Thursday to talk about foster care and adoption. Talk to you soon. We'll see you Thursday at 930 a.m.